Hello and welcome to Such Sights to See, the podcast about my journey through cinema. I'm your host, Patrick, and you can follow along with my movie watching on Letterboxd. I'm on there as Long Monkey, and you can check out my weird fiction and other projects at proleary.com. Today, I'm by myself, and I think I'm going to be by myself for the next few episodes due to some scheduling issues. So, I kind of want to reach out to whoever is listening to get some ideas for what topics to dive into. Something interesting that I may not be aware of or something uh, common that I may not be aware of. I mean, everyone, you can check out my Letterbox account or just, you know, tweet at me your favorites or send me an email. Just go to my website and find me or comment on my Letterbox reviews and just let me know what you think uh, would be a good topic for me to dive into uh, based on the movies I've been watching. You know, I'm pretty open. I'll watch anything for the most part. Uh, so with that in mind, let's talk about what I've been watching recently. I did do a dive this week. It's a small one, uh, into a very interesting little double feature. I'll get to that later. I'm going to start this episode with a new movie from 2020 directed by Sean Linden called Hunter Hunter. So Hunter Hunter is a story of this family that lives in the remote wilderness, and they are a family of trappers that trap and sell furs. It's in modern times, but they're kind of living a life of a hundred years ago. And um, you know, the, you got the the father who basically does have some issues with living in society, and the the mother who accepts those issues, but. Now they have a child who's getting older and she thinks it's about time that they give up this very, very hard life and move into the city. But that's not what the movie's really about. It is about this family being terrorized by a wolf and kind of how they deal with that. But it goes into some really interesting, dark places. There's some twists that I will not spoil, but suffice it to say, uh, it does have a very strong horror vibe to it and sort of like this uh very gory aggressive style especially towards the end of the movie that i really appreciate in a horror movie and i don't know it reminded me of martyrs in a way like that sort of style martyrs is that really graphic uh really effective horror film from a couple years ago that i would recommend but yeah hunter hunter really liked it great atmosphere Great knock your socks off ending and just a really uh, cool place to set set a set a movie. So enjoy it. After Hunter Hunter, uh, I did a rewatch. Something I saw in the theater back when going to the theater was, was an actual thing. King Arthur: Legend of the Sword from 2017, directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, you now this is a story of King Arthur, but it's in a reimagined uh, origin story of King Arthur as a like robber thief uh, gang leader in like inner city um Londonia which is like a fantasy version of you know of Victorian London basically and uh it's it's a lot of fun it does interesting things with the myth which is always great it does um interesting interesting things with style guy ritchie falls back on his sort of uh you know very heavily edited um crime narrative storytelling that he does so well in a bunch of movies and he kind of puts that into a fantasy world and it's an interesting mix 
Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. But, you know, it still falls back on some of the, the bad tropes of big CGI action, which is like the wall of CGI, the um, sort of plot developments that aren't the pretty obvious or not that strong. Uh, so overall, I gave it three stars. It's a movie I liked a lot of. And one I'd, you know, I'd revisit again in the future if I felt like it, but it's not something I would, I would buy. So that's King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Um, after that, I followed it up with a movie that a previous guest recommended. I don't know if you remember Jonah, my good friend Jonah, who was on the podcast. He recommended a movie in the, uh, recommendations called Sound of Noise, directed by Johannes Starn Nilsson and Ola Simonsen. It is billed as the first musical cop movie. That's not really what it is. Uh, I'm just going to read the description, which Jonah read earlier, because it's super cool and effective. A tone-deaf cop works to track down a group of guerrilla percussionists whose anarchic public performances are terrorizing the city. And, yeah, that's what it's about. It's about these performance artists going around the city doing uh, noisy performance art in the cop who hates music, who is trying to track them down. Great premise. Music is really well executed with found objects and anything with artists doing crazy stuff is an automatic win for me. So I like this one. Um, I, it popped up on Canopy. If you want to give it a chance, you can find it there. So that's Sound of Noise from 2010. Thank you, Jonah. Following that, I watched Godzilla, King of the Monsters from 2019. I had seen Godzilla, the the American, the new American movies, Godzilla and Kong Skull Island. So I need to catch up and watch Godzilla King of the Monsters. And it's, you know, speaking of wall of CGI, that's what this movie is. It's just uh, 132 minutes of CGI. And, you know, some of it looks cool. But the, this franchise has always had a problem with the human characters being so... <laughs> so ineffective against these giant monsters that all that the the plot is just so contrived to make people feel relevant to the story. I know they're trying to get you know big actors and human faces to tell the story of giant monsters fighting each other, but it doesn't work right. The scripts aren't that great, and uh, it's just so coincidental or very pre-written how these people are going to have an impact. And, into the story. So this is the weakest of the movies I've seen so far. Did not find anything too worthwhile about it, although nothing too offensive either. So, you know, if it's your thing, check it out. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, this was not my uh, little dive of the week, but I'm going to jump to later where I watched the new one, Godzilla vs. Kong from 2021, directed by Adam Wingard. So, this is the uh, the latest film in that franchise where, you know, we have established that there are giant monsters all over the world and Godzilla is sort of protecting us from evil ones. And Kong is in a protected holding cell sort of on Skull Island where they're preventing King uh, Godzilla from knowing that he's there because they know that Godzilla and Kong will fight each other. Uh, but... Little do they know that there's some shenanigans with the big corporation that is developing something that could potentially, you know, 
that is interacting with these monsters in a way that Godzilla doesn't like. And that triggers a set of events that cause a whole bunch of monsters to start fighting each other, including Godzilla and King Kong. That's the easiest way of putting it. And, you know, it is fine. It's pretty predictable. I saw a tweet. I wish I could uh, credit it. I can't remember who said it, but it was uh, something about, I bet in Godzilla vs. Kong that they're going to start out fighting each other as enemies, and then they're going to team up and fight a bigger threat. <laughs> and like that person tweeted it as a joking way, because that's the obvious way this movie's going to go. And you know what? That's that's the way it goes. There's no there's no hiding it. It's very predictable. There are some cool things about how the threat is introduced, like the cool concept about where it came from, but. It's just the concept. It's not written particularly well, and they don't execute it really well. Uh, there are some cool images in this one, better than the previous films. And um, this one does have King Kong, who I think is a, a more of a character character than Godzilla and the other monsters. King Kong can actually express emotions and kind of has a storyline in this one. So, um, yeah, this is an average average rating for me, but I'm sure people love it. It's you know perfectly fine giant monsters fighting each other movie all right to switch it up a little bit i watched from 2014 open windows directed by nacho vigalonda open windows is one of those movies that takes place entirely on a computer screen in this instance the computer screen is elijah woods and he is a person um who is obsessed with this actress like sort of a comic book movie type actress played by sasha gray noted adult entertainer and she uh is at a convention he has won a ticket to have a sit down interview with her and you're kind of watching him watch his screen and watch the 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 live event when he starts getting these this call from someone from the the company that makes the the movie who's saying his his uh, meeting has been canceled and he has to you know he that the person online can help him get closer look at uh the actress by hacking into her phone and her laptop and from there it gets pretty convoluted where elijah wood is unwittingly going along on this ride to to do something that he doesn't even know what the audience doesn't know what, but the person who's manipulating him definitely has a goal in mind. And he's trying to fight back um, against this almighty, you know, hacker entity. Um, it does really interesting things with the visuals um, of the, cause it's told entirely from his laptop screen. So there's some really interesting things with the visuals uh, and these multiple um, cameras that are involved and, uh, there's actually some really cool action scenes and, you know, Elijah Wood, um, it's pretty, you know, I don't know, the performances are a little elevated in this, but they, they fit, they fit the theme, they fit the movie. Uh, Sasha Gray is fine and Elijah Wood is like, is, he's so earnest and he's got those like sad hobbit eyes all the time and it's, it just, it works well. I really liked it until the end where it had maybe, Seven twists too many. The plot just what too many plot twists and it started to fall apart. Um, but you know, up until then, it was a it was an enjoyable ride that did a lot of interesting things. 
Speaking of Enjoyable Rides, from 1993, directed by Rennie Harlan, Cliffhanger. This is a movie that I had watched in the theater when it came out. 13-year-old self loved it, and I have to say my 40-year-old self also loves it. It's a lot of fun. It's the type of movie they don't make anymore. It's a really big-budget, action-set-piece-driven movie shot on a real location with real practical effects and that's um has a cool premise it has a bunch of character actors sort of hamming it up on screen it's got stallone doing his hammy stallone acting and it just you know it just works well it's just a fun fun action movie with some really cool scenes um yeah it gets dumb for sure but you know you can't all be perfect it's just a good time at the movies it does have uh, some really great scenery. Like I said, it's just a great location. They're on top of a mountain. And they're, you know, there's, in case you don't know the story, it's about a bunch of hijackers who steal all this money from the U.S. Treasury. And their plane crashes and all the money is lost in the mountains. And they trick these mountain rescue guys, uh, Stallone and great actor Michael Rooker, to help them find this money. And then they're just going to kill Stallone and Rooker. And this gang of thieves is led by John Lithgow, who's always fun. So, yeah, you can see uh, how this could be entertaining. I do want to do a shout-out to Rex Lynn as Travers. He is such an over-the-top performance. He's just one of the bad guys, the one who is trying to mastermind this crime. And he is... uh, He just has the greatest reactions to what's happening on screen. So, it's a fun one. Uh, even though it does have like the dumbest climactic one-liner of all time. And if you've seen it, I'm sure you know what I mean. So that's it for the movies I watched that are not part of my little dive for the week. So this uh, dive is a topic that I'm very, very interested in in general. Uh, martial arts movies, but specifically the martial arts work that stars Yuen Biao. Yuen Biao is one of... Uh, the, probably the Ong Sung hero of 70s, 80s, 90s martial arts. He's one of the three brothers that appears in Jackie Chan movies, him, Jackie Chan, and Sammo Hung. He's the lesser-known one because Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan have crossed over, and Yuen Biao never did. He's definitely the most acrobatic of the three, and he has good, you know, he's good comedic timing, and he's really good at fighting, and he's just kind of like not as much of a presence as Jackie, but he's a really great martial artist, and his movies are a lot of fun. So I started with Dreadnought from 1981. Dreadnought is the story. It's directed by Yuen Wo Ping, first off, the fight choreographer of The Matrix and director of a whole bunch of other great martial arts movies and choreographer uh, ad nauseum of every martial arts movie ever. He's just great. Uh, Tai Chi Master with Jet Li is a particular favorite of mine. Anyway, this one is about this criminal named White Tiger who is just insanely angry at everything after his uh, wife dies. And he's being kind of hiding out in this theater troupe. And Yuan Biao plays this uh, laundry guy who's just like a very cowardly guy who does laundry. And he's trying to collect money from all the people around town. And everyone's beating him up and scaring him. And he just doesn't get anything done. Um, meanwhile, there's a doctor in town played uh well the doctor's name in the movie is wong fei hong the great uh 
Chinese folk hero who shows up in all these movies, and he's like the the really cool fighter, and he helps uh, he helps uh, Yuan Biao. You know, he starts training him. Blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, eventually Yuan Biao gets on the bad side of this this really angry white tiger guy, and hijinks ensue, and it turns you know very sad at one point, but then turns very goofy at another point, and it's just you know that is that is uh the type of movie this is i guess <laughs> it's uh you know it's fun it's fun eventually um there's a so there's a really cool uh fight scene where um two people are wearing in those paper dragon costumes um and they have to they're fighting each other they're walking on all these poles and it's really really great so it's just full of stuff like that it's you know it's funny that these martial arts movies have um from hong kong in this time period like everyone has like four or five incredible fight reaction scenes and there's like you know they made one of these movies a, a week it feels like and they just everyone has at least some of the most incredible stunt work that if you saw it in like a john wick movie you'd be like oh my god that's amazing but they were doing it every week over there it's crazy Anyway, so the other one I watched was Knockabout from 1979. This one was directed by Sammo Hung, also starring Sammo Hung as a goofy beggar. Uh, Yuan Biao plays um, sort of a con artist who's bilking people around town, and he has a partner. And they end up bilking this uh, the wrong guy, this martial arts master, who agrees to train them after a while, after some hijinks. And... Uh, yeah, it's just fun watching them goof around, knock about town, so to speak. And um, it's uh, really cool to see the training rituals they have to go through as usual. The training montages are great. Anyway, it turns out that there's a twist and there's some bad guys and multiple bad guys. And Yuan Biao has to get revenge. And it just leads to some great fight scenes and a really incredible ending where Yuan Biao and Sammo Hung team up for... You know, an incredible martial arts fight that involves jump rope, and it's just great. So, you know, again, just he watching you and Biao do jump rope in the training montage. It's just incredible how his acrobatic talent, and uh, watching him do it in a fight scene is just even better because it just comes right back, uh, full circle. So, really liked Knockabout. I would definitely check it out. Um, so yeah, Yuan Biao as a star is, you know, I, I don't know if he, how many other movies he starred in. He doesn't quite have the charisma of Jackie Chan, doesn't quite have the the directing talent or the like behind the scenes talent of Sammo Hung, but he has something else that is uniquely his, and it's like this wiry, acrobatic, like good natured attitude, and he's fun. Definitely watch anything with you and Biao, and you'll probably be watching a good movie. So that is it for this week, but I will not leave you without a um, uncommon film recommendation. And my recommendation this week, since we've been talking about martial arts movies from Hong Kong, I'm going to go with Five Element Ninjas from 1982, directed by Cheng Che. This is one of the great martial arts movies of the time. It's about martial artists seeking revenge on a bunch of ninjas that killed um, 
all his brothers and his teacher and his clan. And they have a whole bunch of groups of different ninjas. You got the gold ninjas, you got the green ninjas, the red and the blue ninjas. They all have special powers. And it leads to this incredible fight scene at the end where he's got to fight them all, including the dreaded gold ninjas. It's so, so much fun and has one of those great freeze frame endings that Hong Kong cinema is known for. So check it out. Five Element Ninjas. Well, that is all for this week, folks. Thank you again for listening. And please reach out and let me know what cool topics I could uh, tackle next time. So until then, uh, check me out on Letterboxd. I'm on there with Long Monkey. Check out my website, proleary.com. And uh, go watch some movies. And I hope to talk to you soon. Have a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>